This is episode number 20 with my first ever solo episode talking about expectations, intention, and commitment. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. Last week, I brought you the unique Super Bowl 53 compilation, and this week, I'm bringing you something else that's unique. I'm doing my first ever solo episode talking about these three ideas of expectation, intention, and commitment. I was definitely a little bit nervous when I first had the idea of doing my first solo episode, but once I boiled it down to these three ideas, these three key things that have really impacted my life, I'm so confident in the value that I'm going to bring you guys. I've spent the last two weeks compiling a lot of information that I've that I've put together over the last year and a half through reading books, through watching YouTube videos, through reading articles, all this great stuff, all this great knowledge that I've gotten from other people and written it down. So I've, and I went back and studied it all and I was like, what are three things that are really that have really affected my life in terms of my relationships, in terms of my own productivity, in terms of my relationship with myself and all that great stuff. And I've got these three things, these three ideas, three words, and three quotes that I'll be able to break down for you guys. And I want to start off telling you about the first one, expectations. And expectations for me has really come from this book right here, Awareness by Anthony DeMello. I have these two books right in front of me if you're watching on YouTube. And this is the most recent book that I've read, and it has been a complete game changer for me. And my complete game changer in my mindset and on how I treat others on an everyday basis, what my conversations are like, what my conversations are like in my own head about others. So I'm really excited to get into this. Um, if you haven't read it yet, Awareness by Anthony DeMello is an amazing book and it will change your life, I promise you that. Word number two is gonna be intention. And intention really keeps me grounded in my direction, on my path. It keeps me organized, productive, and present all at the same time. And this guy right here, Dr. Jordan Peterson, his new book, 12 Rules for Life. If you have never seen anything that Dr. Jordan Peterson has put out, I'm telling you, you're missing out. You're going to want to go read this book. You're going to go want to watch his YouTube videos. He has so many different educational YouTube videos from being a professor at the University of Toronto. And also, he's been interviewed thousands and thousands of times over the last couple of years he's been blowing up and then the third word and the third idea is going to be commitment commitment for me is just the game changer from the people who are great from the people who are just good and a commitment really allows you to follow through on things that you say that you're going to do it allows you to follow through with the promises that you make to yourself because we all have ideas and things that we want to experience but about 99% of the time we don't follow through with those things right we just say that we wish we did that or that we want to do that and and not I don't have a book for this one, but the idea of commitment, you know, a lot of people talk about commitment, but I'm going to have a couple quotes from Zig Ziglar. If you've never heard of Zig Ziglar before, you've got to go watch some of these videos on YouTube, guys. This guy is the funniest, most inspirational and motivational person that I've almost ever seen out there. He talks a lot about positivity, just on a lot of different topics, and commitment is something that he harps on a lot, and he has two great quotes that I'll bring up a little bit later on in the show. But before I get into the meat of the episode, guys, if you like this podcast or if you like this show in general, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you like it, go ahead and rate and review it on iTunes or on the Apple Podcast app, guys. That's the only way that the show is going to be able to move up the ranks and be exposed to more people. That way, more and more people can start taking these small little action steps every single day to get that little bit closer and closer to the best version of them of themselves. Also, if you like it, share it with a friend. Post it on your Instagram story. It's so easy to share with a friend. All you got to do is click the three little dots and you can send a link to their text message. You can send it to a friend. You can send it to a family member if you think that they 
will be affected by this episode and inspired to take action to improve themselves. Also, when you're finished listening to this episode, go ahead and let me know which of these three things that you're going to start taking action on, which of these three things that you liked most in terms of expectation, intention, and commitment. But for now, guys, let's go ahead and get right into this first word, expectation. We all set expectations for ourselves. We set expectations for friends, for family members, for team members, for business, people that we work with, all this good stuff. But there's a there's a very fine line between how we use expectations in a good way, in a positive way, and how we use expectations in maybe more of a negative way. And this quote right here from this book, Awareness by Anthony DeMello, has absolutely changed my life. I put it down and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've never thought about it this way before. So here's the quote, page 109 of the book. Every time you are unhappy, you have added something to reality. It is that addition that makes you unhappy. I repeat, you have added something, a negative reaction in you. Reality provides the stimulus, you provide the reaction. And if you examine what you've added, there's always an illusion there. There's a demand, an expectation, a craving, always. So this quote in this book in general really talks a lot about how we seek to change external circumstances before we change internally. We seek to fix external things or even fix other people before we try to fix ourselves. He brought up a couple of great examples in this book in in terms of what fixing other people is really like. It's like trying to change your handwriting by simply grabbing a different pen or different writing utensil. Like that's not actually gonna change your handwriting, right? You actually gotta change something with your wrist stroke or whatever to actually change your handwriting. I don't know how to change your handwriting. He also talks about how it's like going to the doctor to try to get healthier and wishing that they would just give a prescription to somebody else and that you would feel better because that other person took it because you don't really wanna do the work or put in the work yourself to become healthier. You've probably kind of heard this idea before that you've got to change yourself before you can change others, but this quote really gives you concrete ways in order to start making action steps on that. And this concept of understanding is is really big because I think we always look to understand other people or other things, right? I think we always seek to analyze and try to understand it as much as possible, but very little do we look within ourselves to understand ourselves. And if we don't truly understand ourselves, then how can we understand the things that we're actually looking at? So let's go to the end of the quote, and he talks about how there's these few things that we add into reality that cause these unnecessary, really negative emotions and negative feelings, and he starts with illusion. So a lot of times I think we we implement or we add illusions into our lives, thinking that certain situations or experiences are going to be more perfect or closer to perfect than they really ever have the chance to potentially be. And the way that this has shown up in my life or the way that I apply it to my life into a particular experience or a particular routine that I do often is going to the grocery store. So let's think about it. Have you ever gone to the grocery store and had a completely perfect experience? Maybe a couple times. Maybe you went at a super odd time early in the morning or late at night and there wasn't that many people there and you had a great experience, but very rarely does this happen, right? I think we all go to the grocery store and there's a long line at the checkout counter. There's so many people in the aisle in our way and getting in our way. There's that one food item that we just really need that particular week and for whatever reason they've run out. But for the most part, we kind of know this is going to happen, right? I mean, very rarely is there ever a perfect experience. We know we're going to have to wait in lines. We know there's going to be people on our way. We know that that food item might not be there because it's happened to us in the past. So as long as we don't create this illusion in our head that we're going to go to the grocery store and there's going to be this perfect situation, 
then you won't get as frustrated when you actually go. There's the unnecessary frustration that you get by setting this illusion for yourself. And I realized that I set that illusion for myself all the time when going there. And another thing about going there, parking sometimes could be a complete bear. And I never get to, it sometimes takes me five to 10 minutes to actually find a parking spot. But as long as I go into it realizing like it's not gonna be a perfect situation, it might take a little bit of time. That way I can have a little bit more patience actually going into the situation and drop that unnecessary frustration. So another thing that he says that we add into reality that causes us these unnecessary negative emotions and negative feelings is a craving or a desire. I know that I often get stuck in the trap of I'm going to be, ha- I'm only going to be happy when I'm only going to be happy unless I have this, unless I have that, unless I experience this or that. But I think, and I think we all get in those kind of traps sometimes, right? But think about it. I think that's pretty shallow of ourselves and that's shallow of me to think like I need this material thing or this material experience in order to be happy. Why am I letting that particular thing determine whether or not I'm going to be happy? All these things are going to be transitory things. These are things that come and go in our everyday life. It's a material thing. It's going to come and go, right? If you get a new car, maybe you're happy and thrilled about it for the first two weeks. After that, it just kind of really becomes another car, right? At the end of the day. So as long as we try to not focus on letting these transitory objects, material things determine whether or not we're going to be happy, we're going to be much better off and we're going to be able to drop some unnecessary negative negative emotions and negative feelings because I won't let my happiness, I'll, I'll be able to be happy and stay happy before I even acquire that thing. And I'm not saying acquiring those things are bad. Like, of course I want money. I want a nice car. I want a nice house and all that good stuff. But I, I've got to be happy before that. I can't let my happiness only come when I attain that particular thing or experience that particular thing. And then I also mentioned how we add desires into our life. A desire that I know I have and a lot of us have is we want to please other people. We always want to be approved by other people. We always want as many people to like our photos as possible. We always want compliments and positive feedback from others after we do certain things. But think about it. A lot of us place our happiness on that sort of thing. And when we're criticized, we're depressed, we're anxious or whatever you want to call it. We're put in a negative state of mind. But you got to think about it this way. Why are we letting that person completely take our power away by letting them determine whether or not we're going to be happy? Think about what that person might be going through when they're criticizing you. Maybe they're in a bad mood. They just had a bad experience. They just broke up with their girlfriend. They just had a frustrating experience at the grocery store. This person is very conditioned or very biased from either particular experiencers or the way they were grown up, whatever it is, they're coming, they're looking at you through a lens and they're seeing you as they are. They're not seeing you as you are. So as long as we're aware of this and we don't let that person determine whether or not we're going to be happy, like I think it's still important to desire the approval from others. I think it's still important to not want to be criticized by others, right? Nobody wants to be criticized by others. It's a bad feeling. But as long as we Don't let that person determine whether or not we're going to be happy and we're aware of the fact that they could have been going through something, they could have just had a really negative experience or that they're conditioned, they're biased to see you through a particular lens. They're seeing you as they are. They're not seeing you as you are, right? So don't let your happiness rely on somebody else's approval of you. And then this next one that we add into reality is expectations. And we do this all the time subconsciously and I never realized that it was really a thing until I read this quote and I started to realize how often I put these expectations that cause unnecessary negative emotions and negative feelings. So let me tell you what I'm talking about. 
I realize it in my relationships with others and the biggest part in my life, how I'm communicating with others, how I'm present with others and how I'm interacting with them. So I always consider myself a pretty impatient person, unfortunately. A lot of times when I'm conversing with people, I want them to talk quicker. I want them to get to the point quicker or I want them to get something done quicker. When I'm driving, I'm always wishing the person in front of me was driving a little bit quicker. I wish that that person would just squeeze in front of that car and take that left turn nice and quickly instead of probably taking the safer route making the stop and then taking the left turn after that car passes, right? I wish that that person would just be a little bit more quicker and I'm having this expectation, I'm adding this expectation that this person is going to show up in the world in the way that I want them to instead of the way that they actually are themselves. So I realized I had all these expectations onto other people subconsciously that caused me these unnecessary emotions that I just don't need to have and that I'm able to drop. And now that I realize it, it's like such a refreshing feeling that I'm gonna be able to drop so many of these negative feelings that I just don't need to have anymore because I was being selfish. And he has a quote on page 93 about what selfishness really is. And this is how it reads. Part of waking up is that you live your life as you see fit and understand that that's not selfish. The selfish thing is to demand that someone else live their life as you see fit. That's selfish. And that's what I realized that you're doing when what we do When we're setting expectations on others, right? I'm setting expectation that this person is going to be driving quicker. I'm I'm setting an expectation that when I go to the grocery store, that they're going to move through the aisle quicker, that they're going to check out quicker at the checkout counter. Like, Who am I to set this expectation that they're going to show up in this particular way that is quicker than they actually are, right? That person is just a lot more patient. They're maybe not in a rush and they're a lot better at just being present in the actual moment that I am. And I need to almost look up to that person and desire to be more like that person in a lot of certain instances in my life. I think this quote is really important because at the beginning, I think we all think of selfishness naturally as like living your life as you see fit as the beginning of the quote says, but it's not because that's our primal instinct. We've been programmed for millions and million years as humans to survive, right? To to look out for ourselves, to make sure that saber-toothed tiger isn't gonna come get us. Obviously now there's no saber-toothed tigers, but we still have that human programming of survival to where we wanna be able to do what's best for ourselves. But what is truly selfish is setting those expectations on others for them to show up in the world and in our lives as a particular person that they're not. So now that I realize all these expectations that I've added and how selfish that I really am, I can start to shed these things away and shed so many unnecessary negative emotions and negative feelings that I have in my life. When I'm driving in the car now, I feel so much more inner peace realizing that there's everybody out there isn't going to be quick drivers. There are going to be people who slow down or who slow down and don't take that left turn in front of the car. When I'm going through the grocery store, there's going to be people who are just slowly going through the aisle, picking out thing after thing. There's going to be people who are slow at the checkout counter. There's going to be all these things in my life life that people aren't going to do things the way that I would necessarily do them, but I got to realize that that is okay. People aren't going to be like me. We're all different. We're all unique. And I got to realize that that's okay. I can't be placing these expectations on these other people to live their life as I see fit. And I think this is really important in terms of your communication and interaction one-on-one with somebody else. Because I think a lot of times when we're having conversations, especially maybe at work, you kind of feel helpless stuck in a conversation or we feel super frustrated while we're going through the conversation. But as long as we drop the expectation that the person is going to be a particular way in the conversation that we're having with them, we can drop that negative emotion about that person or about that feeling. So we really got to be aware of those expectations that we subconsciously set onto others. 
But the way I want to end this first idea of expectations is realizing that expectations do have a place in our world. It's all not, it's not all just subconscious negative things that bring us unnecessary negative emotions and negative feelings. If we're working on a sports team, we need to expect others to be able to play or to play their best or do their job. If we're working with a business team, a business group, we have to rely on others. We have to expect others to do their job in order for the team to perform. If we're meeting somebody for lunch, as simple as that is, we need to expect them to actually show up on time and not just waste our time. But the biggest part about expectations is it has to be communicated. Because if it's not communicated, that's when we have to really realize that we can't have any unnecessary negative emotion or negative feeling if we don't communicate our expectation with that other person. So for example, with the sports team, coaches most of the time, right, set the expectations for their players, what their job is, what their role is, and how they expect them to show up in a particular practice or a particular game. For a business team, we set expectations for the people that we work with, right? What their job is, what we expect them to do on a daily basis or how we expect them to work on a daily basis. We expect them to show up on time. And if they don't, okay, we can have maybe a little bit of negative emotion or negative feeling. If we're asking somebody to go to lunch with us, we probably have to set the standard like we're gonna be here on this time. We have to set that expectation that we're gonna show up and be there for the other person. And then when we set this expectation and then it's not met, okay, maybe we have a little negative emotion or negative feeling, but that's where for that's where forgiveness comes in. Certain situations require a little bit more forgiveness than others probably. Like in business, when somebody doesn't meet an expectation once, maybe forgive them twice, maybe forgive them third, maybe fire them, right? There are certain times where you can only allow the lack of fulfilling an expectation so much. Like with a sports team, if somebody doesn't do their job so many times, you're going to have to bench them, right? If somebody doesn't show up on time for lunch, maybe you're not going to go to lunch with that person the next time out. So I think it's really important to realize that we have to communicate expectations with others. And if we don't, we can't really have that unnecessary negative emotion, negative feeling, or it's not really as justified as it would be if you would have communicated it with them. So there's all different scenarios where we have to lay out expectations that we're in. Like I said, teams, businesses, someone you're showing up to lunch with, your significant other. Like I think that's the most important thing. I think we all get frustrated with significant others when they don't meet our expectation. But if you think about it, how many of those expectations have been actually communicated? It would be so much easier. Sometimes it'll be a tough conversation, but it'd be so much easier if you communicate, if you communicate what you expect out of that person. And then they'll realize that when they don't do that particular thing or show up in that particular way, then there's a, there's a justified negative response. And that, and that's where you have to look within yourself to be forgiving of that other person. So I hope you guys got a lot out of this idea of expectations in and see how you can start implementing dropping expectations, dropping cravings, desires, and illusions in your everyday life and start having less and less of these unnecessary negative emotions and negative feelings. Word number two is going to be intention. And by intention, I mean setting an intention, setting an aim, setting a goal, setting something to actually move forward towards. And this man right here, Dr. Jordan Peterson, He's all about talking about responsibility, personal responsibility, and he talks about a ton of different things. He's the, probably the smartest person that I've ever watched on YouTube or ever watched just in general. He's got so much knowledge about so many different topics, but he talks a lot about setting an aim and setting an intention, and here's his quote from 12 Rules for Life on page 221. An aim, an ambition, provides the structure necessary for action. An aim provides a destination, a point of contrast against the present, the framework within which all things can be evaluated. An aim defines progress and makes such progress exciting. And this last part is my favorite. An aim reduces anxiety because if you have no aim, everything can mean anything or nothing. And neither of those two options make for a tranquil spirit. So I know there's a lot there in that quote, so I'm going to go ahead and break it down kind of sentence by sentence. 
in the beginning here, he talks about having an aim or having an intention provides the structure necessary for action. So if you think about it this way, have you ever had a fitness goal or if your team ever has had a goal to win a championship, your business has set a benchmark or a goal that you guys want to achieve? Think about a fitness goal first. If you go to a personal trainer, what are they going to ask you? They're going to ask you what your goals are because that's the only way that they're going to be able to structure a workout program that is tailored to what you actually want to get so you can see progress. If you talk to a particular team and they want to win a championship, there's a specific strategy to actually actually going to win in that championship. It's not always just win every single game. I actually listened to a podcast with Marshall Falk recently, and he talked about how much more strategy is in it that people realize. He talked about how sometimes if you're playing a divisional opponent next week in your current game, you might not reveal some plays or some schemes that you normally would. Like that player scheme could be the perfect timing for that particular game, but they actually might not show it because they've got a divisional opponent who's a more important opponent that next week. So I think it's really important to realize how much strategy actually goes into it. And if you've ever been a part of a, a business team and you've set that benchmark, you set a goal, then you've set action steps to be able to actually get closer to reaching, to reaching that particular goal. So it's really important to realize that setting an attention provides us a structure that allows us to take action, getting closer to that intention, that aim, or that goal. And one thing we have to realize about setting that intention is it has to be defined. It's like for setting a fitness goal, it can't just be, I want to be fit. I want to be healthy. It's like, okay, what does that mean? How are you actually going to do that? And it can't necessarily just be three, four times. I'm going to work out three, four times a week. You have to actually go in there with a game plan. Think about how many times you may have gone into the gym and just kind of wandered around and wasted your time. Like you may, you may have been there for an hour or an hour and a half, but really got only 30, 45 minutes of work. But there also have probably been those days where you've went in with a game plan. You knew exactly exactly what machine you were going to go to, what exactly what exercise you were going to do for how many sets, how many reps, then you knew you, where you were going next and you got the most out of every single minute that you were in there. If you think about setting a goal to read more, I think a lot of people say, oh, I want to read more as a New Year's resolution. Like, what does that actually mean? You actually have to set particular intentions, particularly structure necessary for action. You have to set the intention of maybe I want to read one book a month. It's like, okay, what does that mean? How am I going to do that? I'm going to read 20 minutes every single day. Okay, how are you going to do that? I'm going to wake up 20 minutes earlier and read first thing in the morning. Okay, there it is. There's the intention that provides the structure necessary for action. And then let's go into the next sentence. An aim provides a point of contrast against the present, the framework within which all things can be evaluated. So it allows us to determine progress. It allows us to determine growth, right? Think about somebody who is, who is, has a bench press goal in the, in the weight room. If they're currently at 160 pounds, they set the goal of, I want to bench 200 pounds. Okay, great. You set a clear intention, a clear aim. Now you can start taking action. And then a, a little bit further down the road, maybe a couple months, you're at 180 pounds on your bench press. You actually see your progress is there and that what you're doing is working because two months down the road, if you're still at 160 pounds, then you realize that whatever you're doing is not working. So it's really important to set the intention because that allows us to determine what success actually looks like in our life. Because if we don't know what success looks like, how are we going to know when we're getting closer there? Like a lot of people just say, maybe I want to get stronger. I want to increase my bench press. If they don't put a particular number on it or they don't know where they started, then they're not going to be able to track their progress. So it's really important to define what success actually looks like because if you define success, then you also define failure. And when you define failure, when you don't actually, or when you actually fail, then you know that you're doing something wrong and that you're gonna have to pivot or make some necessary adjustment. If you're two months down the road, you're still at 160 pounds or only at 165 pounds, you maybe quote failed or you haven't made the progress that you've wanted. So now that you realize you can change your workout program, you can change the plan that you're actually currently going through to get closer to that 200 pound goal. 
So what does this look like in my everyday life? Every single day, I write down a to-do list for particular things that I need to get done that day. And every single morning then, when I start going through my routine, I don't waste any time. I don't waste the next three minutes thinking about what is it that I need to do next. It's right there on my whiteboard so I can just get right to it. So the idea being when decisions come up that you have to make into your life, you're not going to be as indecisive. I think indecisiveness is one of those things that holds us back, that prevents us from being as productive as we can. It ties our arms behind our back because when we're indecisive, we waste so much time that we could be using doing something that is productive. I mean, how many times in our day-to-day life are we indecisive? I think there are certain things that it's like okay to be indecisive about. Like if you're trying to figure out where you're trying to go to dinner with your family or significant others, maybe it's not that important to determine exactly where you need to go right off the bat. But certain business decisions, certain personal decisions are super important to determine right away as decisive as you possibly can. And what setting an attention does, it allows you to make this decision quicker because you begin to realize, is that particular thing going to support me in getting closer to that intention or closer to achieving that particular goal? If it's going to be supportive of me getting there, then okay, I'm going to do it. If not, I'm going to stay away from it. And like in a business, you're not going to do a partnership that you think is not going to help support you get to that particular goal. So you're going to stay away from it. So it's really important to set those intentions because then you have a framework to determine, is this going to support me in getting there? No. Is this going to? Yes. So I'm going to take that particular thing. Is this person in my life going to be supportive towards my personal growth? Yes. Okay. I'm going to be around them more. No. Okay. Maybe I'm not being around them as much or conversate with them as much. But if we have no intention, no aim, no goal, then certain experiences, we don't know if those experiences are helping us get closer to achieving that particular goal. We don't know if certain people in our life are supportive and getting to where we want to be. So we really have no way in determining that. And that's what he means by if you have no intention, everything could mean anything or nothing. So often in our lives, it's not about a lack of time. It's about a lack of direction. We can't waste time figuring out what it is that we got to do next, whether it's in the gym, whether it's in your daily life, whether it's in your relationship, whatever it is, there's so many ways that you can save time by just setting an intention. But also the way I want to end this is to realize that we've got to be flexible with these intention, aims, and goals. Because unfortunately, we don't always know what's best for ourselves. I think a lot of times we do, but we've got to realize that we don't always set the right goals for ourselves, right? I think a lot of times we set a particular goal and on the path to that goal, we realize like, oh man, that might not be particularly right. But you've actually got to be willing to be flexible, be willing to be curious, and be willing to pivot towards something else. You can't just stay on the wrong path just because you set that particular goal in the first place. And that shows up in my daily life when I I write my to-do list. Very rarely does my to-do list stay the same all day long. I will very often scratch things out, erase things, and then maybe even rewrite some things because... Every single day I'm evaluating. I'm thinking, is this thing supporting me in the most beneficial way possible? Is this the best use of my time right now? And if it's not, then I won't do that particular thing. I'll erase it and write something else. If it is, I got to stick with it. But it's important to be curious and be willing to be flexible, be willing to pivot if the time calls for it. So it's still really important to set these intentions, these aims, and these goals because of all the reasons I already talked about. But it is really important to realize that those ones that you set for yourselves might not always be the right ones. But one thing I do know is that you won't get any closer to the proper intention by making no intention. You'll sometimes more quickly find the right direction by going the wrong direction first rather than no direction at all. So right into the third topic of commitment. I think commitment is the big separator between the people who are good and who are great and the people who are great and the people who are the best. Because I think we all have light bulbs that go go off in our heads on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly and yearly basis about things that we want to do, experiences we want to have, sometimes businesses that we want to create, maybe songs that we want to write. Whatever it is, we very often have these ideas But I bet 99% of the time we don't actually follow through with them. So commitment is huge. And here's a quote from Zig Ziglar. Be committed 
If you're committed and you get to a rough spot, you'll look for ways around it. If you're not committed, you'll look for ways out of it. So that's the quote that I'm really going to touch on the most, but this next quote I had to add in here because he always throws in jokes whenever he talks, and this one's awesome. He said, some people are about as committed as a kamikaze pilot on his 39th mission. So commitment, guys, it it follows intention for a reason. I think that if you have no intent, you have no aim, you have no goal, then what the heck do you have to actually commit to? So it's really important to actually set the set the intention. That way you have the steps necessary for action and you have the action that you can actually commit to. And I think commitment is a huge mindset thing. I think if you know you're committed to a particular thing, then you're going to do whatever it takes. I want you to think about Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis was one of the best linebackers of all time, right? Before a snap, what was his intention? His intention was to tackle the running back as quickly and as ferociously as possible. And nothing was going to get in his way. So when that ball was snapped, he started to go as quickly as he can. Of course, there was going to be blockers in his way, right? But when that blocker got, got in his way, he didn't turn around and say, yo, Ed Reed, like this guy's in my way. I'm not going to be able to make the tackle. No, he looked for ways around that, ta- around that blocker, or he maybe even just ran right through him because he was so committed. He set this clear intention. He was so committed on actually getting there as quickly as possible that no matter what got in his way, he was going to find a way around it or maybe just right through it. There's also this study that I read about. I can't remember exactly where I read it, but it was, it really made an impact on me because I love the idea of commitment. So these two groups of individuals were tested and they were both told to walk in a straight line. This first group of individuals were told to simply walk in a straight line in a room. They weren't told the end destination. And when they started walking, they were placed with an object in front of them to obstruct them. And all these people simply stopped. They stopped in their tracks. Then this other group of individuals, they were told to walk in a straight line from point A to point B. So they were given a clear direction to actually end at. And when they started walking, they were, the same object was placed in front of them. What did they do? All they did was step around it and actually keep moving. Because there was a clear intention set out for them, they were able to commit and they were able to fight around that rough spot and fight around that challenge. So in both of these scenarios with Ray Lewis and this testing from point A to point B, you realize like Zig Ziglar said, when there's a rough spot, you'll just look for a way around it instead of looking away, looking for a way out of it. Ray Lewis isn't someone who turned around and be like, yo, you've got to make the tackle. This guy's in my way. When they were walking in a straight line because they were given a destination, all they had to do was step around that thing. One thing I do believe, however, is that sometimes our lack of commitment can tell us something, can inform us something about the intention that we made for ourselves. Because I think there's a fine line between needing to get our act together, needing to be a little bit more disciplined to be committed to that particular intent, and then also realizing that that intent might not be the right one for us, right? Because I talked about being flexible. My belief is that all of us human beings have a resilience inside of us. I just think that's our human nature. I think that over years and millions of years, we've been programmed to have just this badass resilience within us to fight through obstacles, to fight through challenges. But I think a lot of us don't allow that resilience to be revealed within us because we're going after the the wrong intention. And I'll tell you what I mean by this. I think that a lot of us are trapped in the wrong dreams, the wrong passions, the wrong goals. Nowadays, a lot of us seek what's popular, not not in a selfish way, but we seek, everybody wants to be a professional athlete. Everybody wants to be a musician, an actor, an actress, all these glamorous jobs, these jobs that provide money, these jobs that provide fame. But a lot of the times, these aren't actually our particular passions. We're chasing the money or the fame. We're not wanting to be an actor because we love acting. We're not playing a sport because we actually love the sport. We're chasing the end goal of money and fame instead of actually doing it for the reason because we actually have a passion for that particular thing. Like, let's go back to the Ray Lewis example. 
If you've ever seen a young football game, you've probably seen like a 10, 12-year-old linebacker who is running after the ball carrier, and all of a sudden he kind of just like shies away from the blocker and kind of runs away and hopes somebody else is going to make the tackle. That person probably shouldn't be a football player, right? Because they're not willing to commit so strongly to fighting through a challenge or fighting through an obstacle. Now they realize that maybe I shouldn't be a football player. Maybe if somebody goes into a particular business or a particular field, they realize I'm not really willing to work that hard at it. So maybe this isn't the job for me. I think all of us, if we're in the right dream, we're in the right passion, we're willing to fight through whatever challenges, whatever challenges are faced in front of us. And we're able to reveal that resilience that is within us. And that doesn't mean you have to fit the stereotype of whatever that passion, dream, goal, or industry, or that job looks like. If you're 6'5", 250 pounds, and you don't want to be a football player or basketball player, you don't have to be a football or basketball player. Like You have to look within yourself about what your true passions or goals is or goals are. Like Think about Julian Edelman. He probably wasn't looked at as a football player, but because that was his true passion, true dream, he was willing to put in whatever work it took to be the best football player that he actually was, and now he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And I realized this in my own life when I started my new job out of college, my first job out of college as a recruiter with an employment agency. I usually consider myself a pretty resilient person, somebody who is willing to take on challenges. I think that just came from sports. I think I like being put in a tough situation and having a challenge to overcome. But when I was in that job, and I don't think I realized this when I was in it, and I realize it now, I wasn't really willing to take on some of the challenges that I've been that I had been accustomed to taking in the past. When I was faced with a tough situation, I didn't look at it as a challenge and something that I was excited about overcoming. I was just like, oh, like I have to do this. I was very unwilling to fight through the challenge, fight through the obstacle, fight through the rough spot, as Zig Ziglar said. And I don't know, I always evaluate this in my life. I don't know if that was just because I was uncomfortable because it was a new situation and a new job and that's just how new jobs feel or if I felt uncomfortable during that rough spot because it wasn't my passion, it wasn't my dream or goal to be in this particular job. So I evaluate this a lot. I hope it's the latter. I hope it's just because it wasn't the right dream or passion for me, but I can't help but think there was probably a little bit of it was uncomfortable just because it was a new job type thing as well. But it's important for us to evaluate that in all of our situations. I think we have to look at if we're not willing to fight through a challenge, is it something that we need to just be more disciplined towards? We need to just get our act together and and figure out how we can actually be more committed? Or is it like, okay, if I'm not willing to fight through this, when another challenge comes up in that particular job, that particular role, I'm not going to be willing to fight through it either. So maybe I need to take a step back and maybe I need to change jobs. Maybe I need to change relationships because I think relationships is a big part of it as well. If you're going through a rough spot with your significant other, are you willing to do whatever it takes to get through the other side of it? If you are, great, stick it out with that person. If you're not willing time and time again to fight through rough spots that you have in your relationship, maybe that's not the right significant other for you. So I'm continually trying to evaluate myself with my experiences that I go through, with my relationships that I'm in, with the things that I'm doing with my business. I'm trying to evaluate, am I willing to do whatever it takes to fight through the challenges that I'm faced with to get to the other side? And am I completely clear on these things? Absolutely not. Do I have it figured out? Hell no. Am I currently going after the right intent, the right goal? I have no idea. I'm not sure if I'll ever know but I'm seeking it. I'm seeking my truth. I'm seeking what I was created to do. I'm seeking that thing I will be so resilient and pursuing towards that no matter what comes in my way, I'm going to overcome it. I'm going to fight through it. And I truly believe that each and every one of you have that resilience in you. So I challenge you to do whatever it takes to figure out what reveals that resilience inside of you, what pulls that resilience outside of you, that you're going to do whatever it takes, no matter what, to be successful in that particular thing. 
I hope you guys enjoyed the solo episode. I'm really passionate about these ideas of expectation, intention, and commitment. And I hope that you're able to take away one little nugget that, that I gave today and something that you can apply in your daily life. Again, Dr. Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for Life, Awareness by Anthony DeMello, Zig Ziglar on YouTube. I'm telling you, you are missing out if you're not aware of these particular things. But before I end today, guys, if you like this episode, again, subscribe to the podcast rate and review it. That's the only way we're going to be able to move up the ranks with the show and be able to get this message out to other people because you want everybody in your life to try to show up as the best version of themselves every single day. You want everybody in your life to try to improve because if they improve, then you can improve along with them because you create this atmosphere of self-growth, of self-improvement, of building your relationships with others, of not setting expectations on others and not letting themselves set expectations on you, of everybody setting intentions, of everybody committing to them. So share this with a friend who is working on improving themselves. Share it with a family member. All you got to do is hit that triple dot at the bottom of the Apple Podcast app or on Spotify and you can text it to them and they can easily give it a quick listen. But now remember guys, focus on internal changes instead of fixing external circumstances and people. Be wary of those expectations that you set on others subconsciously and begin to start being aware of all those unnecessary negative emotions and negative feelings that you begin to drop. Set an intention, move towards it, take action, commit. But then if you determine that that wasn't the right direction, be flexible, be willing to pivot, make another intention, and then recommit again. And then rinse and repeat until you find that resilience inside of you, until you find that relationship, until you find that job, until you find that hobby that shows you that you're willing to do whatever it takes, that you're willing to fight through whatever uncomfortable situation, whatever rough spot, whatever challenge it is in order to get to the other side, guys, because that's the only way that you're going to be your best you.